everybody. Welcome to Reporting as Eligible, episode 18. Um, we're going to go with 18. I think it's 18. Um, I'll fix it in post if it's not. All right. We got a full boat today. Um, Packers are coming off a of victory, and so we have fun things to talk about. And sitting next to me, as as usual. I am J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. When you said full boat, yeah. was that a purposeful reference? It was a purposeful reference. R.I.P. Ron Rivera, Riverboat yeah. Ron, who was let go uh, as we record this, and, and P.J. Fleck. Uh, uh, who is still the coach of Minnesota, but R.I.P. anyway. Yes, R.I.P. anyway. Your dreams of a uh, certainly of being in the college football playoff were already dead, but now they're deader. And uh, yeah, it's, and it's, I'm Matt, but you can call me Mitch. <laughs> we always forget to introduce me. We, we don't got, forget first you. First of all, we, we not intentional. I mean, we were not just doing some, some banter before we get to you. And <laughs> you were, yeah, but I you guys even intentionally myself yet for the record. You intentionally so. left me out because I don't follow college sports. That's fine. And, and you don't I, follow any sports that aren't football, yeah. NFL football, correct? That's not true. Oh, okay. He follows powerlifting. <laughs> uh, I, I, I religiously follow powerlifting multiple federations uh i follow Incredible. the in indoor lacrosse uh nll oh that's right because you, you're a former the, lacrosse player right i am a former lacrosse player right. i follow the colorado mammoth they're the indoor team if you had and said the, to me is there an indoor there is an indoor lacrosse league in the united states true or false i don't know yeah, which way true. i would have gone so the, the illinois um chicago bit briefly had a team called the shamrocks rox oh yes i love so that. um yes. I, I did know that at least existed at some point okay <laughs> I and I follow. Fun. I also follow the MLL Major League Lacrosse. That's outdoor. Um, Colorado also has a team, the Denver Outlaws. All right, that that's is, a so, lacrosse update. That is an highly, extremely niche subsection of America. You are between yeah. the powerlifting, lacrosse, and NFL football. Packers <laughs> yes, football. It, it, I, I'm also a big fan of musicals. Uh, but I guess Interesting. I, all, I think I like all, that. We're all big fans of musicals on Random, this podcast, isn't it's it? Very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, whatever. I can. But I, I love Hamilton, as as everyone go. does. But like, yeah. I feel like I know most, if not all, of the words. Words. I love. I love musicals. Yep. Same. Musicals. So I great. will say, if you live in a major sports market, and your major sports market has a lacrosse team, they likely play in a place that you can't afford good tickets to. For example, the Outlaws in the summer play in Mile High, and okay. you can get you can get fifty yard line. 10 row back tickets for like 30 bucks. It's good reason. And the Mammoth play in the Pepsi Center, which is where the Avalanche plays. Nice. And I once bought tickets in the Upper Bowl for $7 for two tickets. Excellent. And the Nugs, it's, they play in the Pepsi Center too, right? Or, mm-hmm, they do. Okay. But it's it's a hockey setup, so that's why I went with the Avs. Sure. Also, Patrick was a bitch. <laughs> R.I.P. Patrick so- Waugh. <laughs> Also, I believe still alive. Still very much alive. Yes. Super alive. Yes, but actually no, because uh, Chris Osgood beat the hell out of him. Last so he's been dead. He's been dead since then. Him. He was a coach, and was it his son who got into a fight, or was it Patrick Waugh himself who got into a fight? Wasn't it Patrick Waugh got into a fight at his son's thing? That might have been it. That might have been it. <laughs> are you th- sure you're not thinking of Mike McCarthy? Uh, no, it, we are not. Happened to a lot of coaches and ex-athletes. <laughs> so. Mike McCarthy. Not uh, not doing a solid for high school sports parents with uh, nope. in his first year. He's off already a hot job. hot candidate for the Carolina job. So yep, yeah. Let's go right into that. Mike I, McCarthy I like rumored to go to Carolina. Well, we all knew he was going to be back in the NFL by the year 2020, right? We all Did assumed we? that would happen. Uh, probably, yeah. Because um, teams don't like to change football. We've we've talked about this. They're averse to change from on field to off field. Mike McCarthy is a known commodity. Someone's going to give him another chance. I feel like there's and let's more, be honest, there's more he's a highly now. successful. 
highly successful, highly successful NFL coach. Yeah. Successful football. I do coach. think there's a little bit of a movement against the retreads, but I think you're right. He's going to be back in like soon, probably next year, probably in Carolina. Who knows? Do you think that we will get more Bob McGinn? He's bad because he's fat. Takes. I don't remember that. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, he yeah. Enlighten me on that. It, he wrote a whole column about how he could tell that Mike didn't care as much anymore because his health was getting noticeably worse. And by and health he had getting a... noticeably worse, he meant... <laughs> yeah. the only, he, uh, unless he has an insider in his doctor's office. He actually office. had a source. He had a quoted source that said that Mike was a better coach before he gained 60 That's pounds. right. He did have a source on that. So, yeah. Oh he gosh. said, you don't have the same energy when you're 60 pounds heavier. I think that was the quote. We all got on again that, that week. Wow, yeah. I just yeah. I don't remember that. Now I do remember thinking, much like when Barack Obama was in the latter stages of his presidency, I do remember thinking this job has torn this man apart. Yeah, <laughs> you can see it in his face. You can see it in his mannerisms. I do think, and and I could be wrong, but just outside ob- observation tells me this is not a guy who like dreamed about speaking to the media or like being a public figure as much as just a football guy. And I think that part of the job was just taxing. Especially when um, Ted wouldn't talk at all. So right. Mike, so Mike had yeah. both jobs. Um, that's, that's probably not good for anybody. I mean, your GM should be taking some heat every once in a while. And on he, he did. I mean, he, he did for not stepping up to the plate. He yeah. had a lot of heat. Yes. R.I.P. Ted Thompson. Still alive. <laughs> Everybody's We're still alive. We're pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be well prepared if the week goes poorly for people. Uh, yeah, R.I.P. J.R. J.R. saying R.I.P. Yes. So so we did win. Um, what? Oh yeah. We won the game, which was good. Um, it by winning kind of, season by kind of a lot. Thirty-one, thirteen. Winning season, almost a sure thing to make the playoffs. Um, I, I currently nineteen uh, percent chance to get a first round buy. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. According to. According to 538. I think that we're – well, we can go into this at some point. I think we need to – I think Packers fans need to cheer for the Saints to lose. That's right. We're big 49er fans. Yeah, big 49ers forward. fans because it's much easier to leapfrog the one South team than it is to deal with either one of whichever West team rises to the top. Yep. And they don't have the tiebreaker for the 49ers anyway. Not that they're guaranteed it over the Saints, but they have a better chance there. They do. So, so, so yes. That's good. Um, so, they won by a lot on the scoreboard. Um, I didn't – I saw a lot of this day. I didn't feel great about that win, even though it was by a lot on the scoreboard. On, um, I couldn't quite put my finger on why, but I think I figured it out, which is they didn't actually play that much different than they did against San Francisco. They just played against somebody who's way worse than San Francisco. Who threw them three yep. interceptions. It was, yes. it was a very similar game plan. Which is kind of crazy, but I think the only things that really changed were Lazard got more time, which, yes. hooray for that, and J.K. Scott figured out how to punt again, which, also hooray for that. <laughs> So, uh, who who was it that brought that up? Like, like J.K. Scott, I believe, mentioned that he stopped doing his extra hang time attempts. I actually, I I saw people talking about that on APC Slack, but I never saw the source on it. So, so uh, he there is a quote from J.K. saying that he had changed his mechanics trying to get more hang time, and everyone got really mad at Meninga, even though we never had exact source saying it was Meninga that told him to do that but i mean come on this has not been a great year for sean Meninga. no sean probably needs to go um <laughs> and th- by the way there's a drastic I, I from weeks one through seven jk scott's unbelievable starting week eight through last week he averaged 36 yards a punt which yes. is incredibly bad 
And then and he averaged 46 in the snow. Yeah. That's amazing. Snapped right back. And awesome punts, too, like inside the five a couple times and well, inside the 10 a couple times. So good, good for JK getting back to it. Yeah. If they are using the same game plan as San Francisco, it, there's a chance that's a galaxy brain move because they know the Giants are what they are. True. And could probably get away with, with not showing anything new, knowing that they've got. Uh, I mean, they have a fairly easy schedule going forward. They got to feel like they can maybe take the foot off the gas a little bit when it comes to schematics. I'm not obviously the genius on that front, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like the three turnovers are so huge, and they were they were terrible passes, just awful, they were so bad. He's very- I, okay. I would say that I would say that Tremont's, Tremont's turnover, Tremont's was good, but that was still a bad pass. It was a bad pass, but it was slightly overthrown. The yeah, other I mean, two it were probably should have been an incompletion, not an interception. Yeah. Tremont did a great job on that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so also got burned bad for another play. He did. The field. He got he smoked did. as as the Packer defense does at least twice a game. Um, so I was I was trying out a new dive bar watching the game this week, and one of the regulars there is a Giants fan, and one of his friends is a Broncos fan, and the Broncos fan was berating the Giants fan the whole game. It was hilarious, and so when Tremont caught the interception and like had very little run back. The Broncos fans started giving him crap. He's like, that man is 85 years old and just intercepted <laughs> your He is not. He is, he is slow, but he knows where to be. <laughs> but that Savage one was a haha special to the to the 100th oh, yeah. degree. And, uh, I mean, have you seen the Daniel Jones turnover stats this year? Like, the full Daniel Jones turnover stats? Doesn't he lead the league in fumbles? He, is, he has started 10 games. He has 11 interceptions. And fifteen fumbles. All of them lost. You're talking about no, but but fifteen no. on the ground. Still, 15, putting 15, fifteen on fumbles on the ground in ten games, and throwing eleven interceptions is incredible. I get the that, to me. It tells me that the left tackle should be fired. Uh, almost <laughs> certainly, yes. It is a little bit of a quarterback stat. That's the one thing hand size matters for. Nothing else. Just that. <laughs> yes. Poor Dave so, Craig uh, and his tiny hands. For for reference, Lamar Jackson, the running read option quarterback throughout the full season so far has six fumbles. Right. He's getting hit all he's the time. And, downfield. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's not not what you want. But uh, you know, Giants are trying something new. <laughs> that they are. Oh, kinda of, kinda of same old. Did you actually. was it their coach who said at least he didn't fumble today? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. <laughs> so Damn. they said that you only have two wins, that's what you resort to. Well they they were like, Yeah, he had three interceptions, but he had zero fumbles. <laughs> Silver linings, I guess. <laughs> But like, if you're wondering why the Packer defense looked better, it's because of Daniel Jones, and they got turnovers, which is when they look good, and that's why they allowed 13 points because three drives ended with the Packers having the ball. So, so what was your opinion on uh, Kevin King had a couple very noticeable plays? Yeah, he seems to do that. He he had the the gifted interception. Ha ha! Special. He, he no, that was that was uh, it wasn't airmailed. It was the a ball that shouldn't have been thrown. Yeah, it, King, it was. Go ahead. So we, we should clarify. The ha-ha special is when you overthrow a guy by 10 Oh, yards. I just thought it was when the quarterback threw you the ball. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, so think I'm of, comfortable think with of, your definition. I don't need well, to change yeah, it. I, most of the ha-has are he's guarding Overthrown space. Overthrown, and yeah. he's, he's guarding yeah. space. Yes, <laughs> yes that's a very, I, I agree with you. Whereas so Kevin so King was in coverage. It was just a yes. very yeah. bad throw directly to Kevin King. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and King was, was playing the comeback route perfectly. Yeah, I guess if you miss sideways, it's not a ha-ha special. It's only if you miss vertical. I find that to be very fair, and I think that sort of illustrates Kevin King. He's he isn't bad on half the mm-hmm. plays. Yeah. So <laughs> Kevin, the touchdown Kevin gave up 
was a great throw and a great catch. And I think he played it as well as he could with the footing he had. I think that's fair. He had some other worse gaffes. Yeah, he had some other worse ones, but the one that everyone's talking about is the Sterling Sharp. Or Sterling Shepard. Looked like Sterling Sharp. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, he did. (laughs) But I still think he's just okay and just happens to end up on film a lot because he's the one who's targeted most of the time. I I think he's been better than Alexander over the last, like, month or so. Wow. That's a pretty bold take. Alexander's been bad. Um, he was he had a good game this game, but he he's gotten torched quite a few times too, especially with letting guys run in front of him. But had, had a nice one today. They, they felt he's fallen to seventeenth in DVOA um, mm. on number one cover guy. So um, Kevin King's been protected by Tremont making good plays on the number two guy lately. So um, they're still number two overall against number two receivers, but it's more of a split between King and Williams now. Who was the nickel corner when Tremont got his interception? Uh, it was Chandon Sullivan, I believe. Chandon Sullivan, okay. So um, Kevin King was off the field, Chandon was in the slot, and Tremont was outside, yep. I think? That is correct. So, hey, man, if if Chandon's going to play nickel, I've, I'm good with, with giving him extra reps in garbage yep. time. You know, what was, <laughs> you know what was actually good about the defense in this game? Saquon hmm. Barkley did not eat them up. Um, right, I but he, Saquon, is, he's playing on a high ankle sprain. I know he has a high ankle sprain, but I still <laughs> thought he'd have 200 yards in this game. <laughs> hey, we got to see more Zadarius Smith in action. I just exactly. want... Oh, man. Where would we? Where would the Packers be without... I mean, if they we had, talked about it before, but the free agency uh, splashes they made, every single game, Adrian Amos shows up again. Like, every single game they make yep. plays. So what we need to do is we need to pick two players every week that have similar stats and then have Paul pick a favorite because the week after... The player that he doesn't pick always goes off. So right? uh, what, early what? in this early in the season, we were talking about how Jamal was being more effective than Jones, and Jones went ape the next he did, week, didn't he? And a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the Smiths and Paul like Preston's like numbers Preston more. Yeah. And Zadarius went off the last two weeks. Hmm. So we need to pick two. So between Tim Boyle and Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> who <laughs> I love Boyle, I just love him. Yeah, that's. We don't want Tim Boyle's stats to start compiling, good or bad. That's bad. Can throw a ball through a car wash without getting wet. <laughs> I love that. Who I love, love that, that line. Guy. It's like my favorite. How about what about any the the tight ends, Jimmy Graham or Bob Tanya? Uh-huh, right? They're so bad. Uh, <laughs> so the, I was watching. Hey, did Jace um, play at all? Do you have any snaps? Did who? I didn't see snaps. Sternberger. No, I don't believe so. Uh, Tunyon had snaps, which he wasted. Yeah, he was awful. They were bad. <laughs> Everybody was so bad at the tight end position, except Mercedes. Yeah, but, I mean, Big Bob Tunyon, a.k.a. Big Disappointment Tunyon. Yep, Ugh. just a guy. Really so, thought he was more. I, I was watching clips from Pat McAfee's uh, podcast today, and there was one from September, and the lower third just said, does Jimmy Graham have two hands? <laughs> <laughs> what? And... It was, uh, I guess, in September, Graham caught a one-handed touchdown. And he was telling a story about how Peyton Manning ripped apart a wide receiver for catching something one-handed. And just the lower third just said, does Jimmy Graham have two hands? I was like, good question. <laughs> it is. He doesn't. We should, we should talk a little bit about Alan Lazard since we have been promoting him as good since his first good game. And, and 100 pr- yards. Pretty sure yards. we're right about that. Um, he... Uh, he was excellent. Uh, caught all three of his targets, all bombs. Like ran good routes again, and he did make one mistake, which got him pulled off the field. Did you guys notice that? When um, Aaron audible to a a quick 
bubble screen type play where all the other receivers shot off and blocked, including Lazard, and then the ball went right to the space where he was standing. Oh, I remember that play. Yeah, yeah. and he got pulled off the field for a while after that, so clearly his fault. But, <laughs> uh, other than that, he's been, we, we say every week he's quietly good, and he finally had a loud good, so... Um, yes, that he, bodes well going forward. I think he'll start to take snaps away from the lesser receivers. So, do you remember earlier in the year when we said that we would like to see the freak athlete guys get some playtime? Yep. So, Alan Lazard, just for reference, uh, relative athletic score—it's the metric that Paul and I worship as a athletic testing. Um, nine point two, <laughs> nine point two eight out of ten. Sorry. Um, Very good. At the at the combine, he came in at six four two twenty seven. Um, 40 time of four five five, which isn't terribly impressive. That's his one but, weakness. Um, 17 reps in the bench, uh, 38 inch vertical and 10 foot and two inch broad. So he tested very, very well in strength and explosiveness. Um, decent speed score. His top mock draftables comp is Kenny Galladay. And uh, Ooh. what he was, he was good at Iowa state. He was, um, a first team, all, um, big 12 player his junior year he had a very good senior year so th- there's production there too he probably should have podcast plug uh peter bukowski at acme packing company wrote a piece on alan today uh well it'll be yesterday by the time you hear it uh about how alan has been overlooked his entire football career uh no offers out of high school uh under recruited in college blah st- blah blah that's i still don't get it he's got the you just said it's res he's a big guy He's, he's a big guy who's he's basically a, a tight end playing wide receiver. He's first team all conference in the Big Twelve, so it's not like he was just a, a talented guy that wasn't showing yep. up. What what was what what are people missing there? I actually don't know how he was scouted so poorly. Uh, like I I actually wrote about him for the Shepherd um, this week too, and he had just some very impressive college performances. I compared him to Aaron Jones today, which is just how how people miss scouting. Like Aaron Jones had great measurables. Um, comps well to tons but he was also super productive in college he played it for a small school but he dominated mm. it like he was an all-time great utep mm. player and in his conference lazard wasn't quite that dominant but he had like 100 yard games six times in a row or something like that he had one over well, iowa but, over like a whole bunch of other like good schools um, and to be fair comparing him to aaron jones is exactly fair it's like saying like how did people miss ali marpet and it's like, well, he was playing against liberal arts majors. Well, and... I kind of think uh, so. The Big Twelve is a big conference, but Iowa State's not a big football school. I'm there. saying like UTEP, like like comparing comparing UTEP and Iowa State, I think isn't necessarily fair. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I don't think it's that unfair. Yeah. You don't... Iowa State, good wrestling school. Good. There you go. There's okay. <laughs> it is a good wrestling school. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's uh, not. It's um, football isn't terrible. It's always it's always got a couple. It's okay. NFL guys every yeah. year. That, yeah. that come out of there, but. But I don't know how you miss on a guy like that. He seems like he should have been on draft boards, and I, I don't know why he wasn't. Um, also, how do you get cut from the Jaguars? That's the other thing. He didn't even make it with the first team he tried. It's not like a team that's just— Who, didn't, who was not swimming in right. receiver talent yeah. either, yeah. Um, I don't get it. Who knows? There's probably a ton of guys out there that are just as good that have missed and are waiting to be found. Like Jared Aberderis. <laughs> or not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, Lazard man. looks great, so I hope he keeps keeps doing this, and um, I'll I'm gonna get a jersey at the end of the year if he does. Oh wow, he's good. I like him. I'm glad you're making we a jersey bet late. with yourself. What's that? A jersey, jersey bet with bet. myself. <laughs> like the custom jersey maker. I got a Josh Sitton 
after his uh his rookie year. Nice. I've uh yeah I, I think I had like three jerseys that and all the all the dudes got traded within a, a one year window. So I was that's enough for jerseys. Oh, well, I see, had Joe Thomas too, who also retired. That's my one superstition: never buy current player jerseys. I felt like I was in the clear because it wasn't. It was an offensive lineman. Like obviously the guy <laughs> could go down or be traded or be a terrible person, and that would stink. But like, oh well. It's still a. It's still an uh, an unusual uh, an unusual yeah, take. I, it's a good call. So the guy throwing the ball to Alan Lazard, Aaron Aaron Rodgers, Tim Boyle, Tim Boyle. Yeah. Hopefully not. Hopefully <laughs> never. Um. So he's good again, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what's going on here. What's what? <laughs> I know we've kind of talked about him, but he's had some really amazing electric games where he and, needs not to throw more interceptions. That. That's that's oh yeah, fault. that's the current take. He needs to throw uh, more interceptions. Uh, um, <laughs> he's had games where he's on his on point, but and I'm sure you guys talked a lot about this last week. Um, there's so many games where he's just not not right, and it's mm-hmm. weird. I I can't boil it down to any one thing. It's not about trust in his receivers. It's not about necessarily the pass rush. Obviously, you know the 49ers showed you can harass him and make him you know keep him from making those quick good decisions but still like he's beaten the pass rush before as well what it's just very up and down he's just erratic it's very strange to me part of it is so with without without making ian sound smart because that was not a smart thing to say um if you make aaron be conservative you can cause problems for him um Part of the 49ers, the 49ers are just good at defense. And so they, they take away a lot of space. They take away a lot of deep balls. Um, they like it if you throw it underneath because they tackle well. And they set up to make you do that. So um, it plays against Rodgers, who does not like taking shots into you know tight quarters or take risks with interceptions. And sometimes that can cause problems for him. Uh, it, it helps. Part of that has helped if you have like Lazard performing on the outside. And you actually have... You know, somebody who makes the defense make decisions, who can stretch the field. Um, they've really used Devontae as a catch-it-and-go guy. Like, he's caught so many passes behind the line of scrimmage, even against the Giants this week. He had, he had one nice deep deep pass, but, like, they still like to feed him and have him beat people, and Aaron's comfortable with that. If you take that away, things get tricky for him. Um, and other good defense—the Bears did something similar earlier this year. That, that's— that's just how he kind of is. So uh, I wish their defense was better to kind of allow that to work a little bit better. But like he'll destroy bad defenses. But if you if you make things hard on him, he's going to be pretty conservative with the ball um, unless things get dire. So the the Packers and and Matub noticed this noted this in our rundown. They can't just they're not going to surprise us and move on from Aaron Rodgers next this year <laughs> no. after this year after no. next year. He's going to be here till twenty twenty two. Otherwise, it's a fifty-plus million dollar. Yeah. So as of right now, it would be a fifty-three million dead cap. Uh, after twenty twenty-two, it would be eleven. Okay. So they're not going to do that thing where they decide to move on from a player a year early as opposed to a year late. It's not going to happen for Aaron Rodgers. Well, there, there were, he would still be under contract for two years in twenty twenty-two. Right. Yeah. So, so that would be a, a potential move on before. Yeah, I his get time it. Is up. I get it. But like the fact, I mean, the fact that you're guaranteed to see him for the next three years. Yeah. Yeah. Because cause it, it seems like they probably should have drafted his replacement already. And I, I think we've we've looked at how game-changing quarterbacks typically don't get drafted outside even like the top 10 picks. So the, you have to have the opportunity to get one of those guys to really make it make it matter. I don't know if the Packers – I think we've all assumed that they will go into this draft and get a 
get a quarterback, <laughs> at least not necessarily an heir apparent, but somebody that yeah that can at least get into the system. But you know, he had he he had four years, right? Four years before he had to take over. Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines was it four? I think or was it was it three, wasn't it? It was three. He was drafted in 05. He yeah. started, started in 08. 08. Okay, yeah, yeah. So three years. So I actually maybe not. Maybe this is the time that they can. This this lines up with the timeline. Not that they have to do the exact same thing, but they've uh, they've really got to start thinking about their exit strategy here, don't they? So this year, everyone is saying that this is the the 2014 draft class all over again. The this is the holy grail of wide receiver draft classes. Um, like four guys out of Alabama are going to be first and second round picks. I don't think that this is the year that they're going to look at a quarterback because it's so deep at wide receiver. But I do think that next year is going to be when they do the Ron Wolf thing and like take a flyer on a second round quarterback. I, I, it's hard to predict. And that might play into their favor a little bit in taking a quarterback. Um, it's hard to predict, but I think they should start. I agree. They should start doing it now. And since they're going to be looking down draft anyway, they'll do it this draft because there'll be somebody interesting in the second or third round for them to grab. And Tim Boyle is just roster fodder. Like, you can start developing a guy in that position. You don't have a guy. You don't have a veteran clipboard holder right now who's going to win you a couple games. You have a bad quarterback who will lose you all the games he starts. So they're set up to do this. They should start doing it now, taking a look at prospects. And if you stumble on a guy who looks good early, that's that's great. If you don't, you can do it again next year. You can do it again the year after that. Quarterback the hardest thing to scout. So you, it's what are good the to have odds? A cracks. What are the odds that Manny becomes a quality starter in the league? Zero. <laughs> it's zero. I mean, well, like, who was it that mixed him up with Tim Boyle in their stat recording? Um, Manny had, I think it was, it was wasn't it 538's projection or something like that? Yeah, 538 had Manny yeah. as more valuable than Tim Boyle. Yeah, as like part of their prognosticating, which that's not smart. Um, <laughs> but yes, Manny's not going to be good. They should. They should take a quarterback. I really just selfishly, because I love saying his name, would love if the Packers somehow were able to draft Jerry Judy from Atlanta or from Alabama, but uh, he's going to go in like the top 10 picks. So yep. that's not going to happen. But still, Jerry Judy. It's a good name. It, it, it That guy could be good in the NFL. I would be like, another touchdown pass to Judge Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Judy? Yeah. Wait, are you not familiar with Judge Judy? You are, right? I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with, with the, the television reference. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a it's it's a reach. It's probably not going to work. It's probably not going to stick. But uh, not. I, I don't know. I just feel like that would be a good nickname, the Judge. All right, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the one who. Maybe I just it's watched a, a little nickname. too much like daytime TV growing up. It feels a little forced. Yeah, possibly. Jerry that, Judy's already that's, pretty good. Jerry Judy's a, a great name. That, yeah, he doesn't need a nickname. Name. Well, they so, need somebody that's not Marquez Valdez Scantling, or uh, uh, he's so bad. Still, they should just have him do kick returns and nothing else, right? Now that Tremont's isn't it weird he can't do kick returns or doesn't do kick returns? It's so weird. He's just he's a perfect. prototypical kick returner. Right? I don't understand. I mean, he's he's Jeff Janis. We've been over this. Well, yeah, but but Jeff Janis did it sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's Jeff Janis did kick returns. So why can't Marquez? Like, uh, it's bizarre. Like. I like that the idea hasn't occurred to the coaching staff. Even they've tried so many bad people at this. Um, and Valdez Cantlin ain't doing anything else. He's nope, not he's, getting, he's getting targets. And him and um, Geronimo can, I think, both. Uh, Geronimo did have a big fourth down. Catch. He did, but he was very covered on he, it. He yes. So yes. yes, he had he made the catch. Good for Geronimo. Um, it was very desperation. I'm sure Aaron's 
first choice was something else. Um, <laughs> well, glad it, it was worked probably Devante or Alan Lazard because yes. there aren't any other options that are that are reliable. So, uh, when Aaron did not throw, so everyone wants to bring up the fact that the Packers scored 31 points, but a lot of Packers Twitter and Packers pundits online can't understand the fact that two things can be true at the same time. Yes, it is true that the Packers scored 31 points, but it's also true that when people not named Devontae or Lazard were targeted, it was two catches for 20 yards. That does seem suboptimal. It seems bad. That's very bad. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe the Packers do need more weapons. Could be. I, I mean, and we've talked about that there's nobody who's going to come through the woodwork this year. There's... It's it's hard to unless Robert it, Tanyan turns it around. Yeah, th- this is it. it. Like Lazard was the hope, it might actually hit. That's good. What about is is there a chance that ESB comes back? Uh, aren't we too late for that? He wasn't designated for return, was he? I thought you could designate for return um, in the playoffs because there's some hubbub about JJ Watt coming back. Oh, I, Ooh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I hadn't either. That's interesting. I don't yeah, know. There's, and there's a chance he could come back from IR. They're not going to the bring back ESB. That's not going to happen. I'm just saying, like, I think I think if, if someone could come back and come out of the woodwork, it would be him. He was a more polished receiver than MBS last year. Mm-hmm. He was. He's the better prospect. Always has been. <laughs> Why was Aaron Jones bad in this game? See, that's a good question. I actually Why was he that. hitting the backfield every play? Yes. Well, okay. I, I'm not I'm not laying it at his feet. I'm just saying his he was not productive. The offensive line fault? was bad, but Jamal Williams was pretty good. So right. also weird. Um and good for that, but very bizarre. And uh, it was, it was, it reminded me a lot of watching Barry Sanders, uh, growing up where Aaron had to kind of make something happen in the backfield on his successful runs. And I don't know why, like, well, like, that, like why was, why was Jamal getting clean holes and why was Aaron getting hit on off tackle runs? No idea. It was very strange. Maybe just random chance. Maybe they like the power blocking in the middle for Jamal better. Um, yeah, maybe that could, that could be it, but. Not a good game for Aaron. Aaron. Jones got hurt partway through the game too, didn't he? Didn't he shuffle off to the tent yeah, at did. some point? He was back, yeah, he, he, was back he came out of the tent after, but uh, so that's always a possibility. Have well, we... there was a there was a screen pass that that Jones caught. He was like four yards behind the line of scrimmage and turned it into seven. I mean, so, that's, that's Jones. So. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll I think, heal up and be better. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I don't that, mean to say was, that he played poorly. Just he didn't work. So yeah, that's fair. And it's really funny because so. Uh, after the first half, both backs had like 18 yards. Um, Aaron had 19 on three carries, and Jamal had 18 on like nine carries or something like that. And uh, Tex Western from Acme Packing Company was like, was like, we need to give Aaron more carries. We need to give Aaron more carries. And then he got stuffed on the next two. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Tex, that one's your fault. Way to go. Yep. Saving him for the uh, for the home stretch. For the uh, maybe the Washington game is where we see Aaron Jones. Hopefully so. I like tear to see him it get up again. Well, was passing a... game a little bit too? They keep. I feel like they really are going to Jamal more on the passing game. Which fine, he's good, but it really limits Jones' touches and amount of time he's on the field. Sure. Hopefully they fix that. I think um, now that Jones is getting covered by corners, Lafleur is afraid of it. But. Maybe, but you can use that to your advantage. By... Yeah, we we went over that last yeah. week, like in ad nauseum. It was <laughs> there was a lot of like, here's the things you could do. Did you guys get to discuss on the last podcast Jared Valhier's signing, or did that happen after? It happened after. Happened so after not. Um, and also, like last time we had talked, it was Bulaga 
was in a gray area, and we were just—I think we talked about who was going to take over over there, but that's it. And then they went mm-hmm. and signed him. I actually don't know that much about him, other than he's—I don't either. He's okay. He, I guess. Okay, so he is a monstrous human being. Yeah, I know he's big. Monsters out there are interesting. But I, I've uh, read mixed reports, like, "Oh gosh, how could they sign somebody who's so washed?" And then, "Oh, that's a really interesting signing. Yep, seen, it's very strange." I've seen the same he, things. Okay, so he got signed by the Patriots and then retired before the season started. Um, felt he was injured or whatever. So he retired in May and like legitimately like early November was like, Hey guys, I'm ready to come back in the league. And the Packers signed him 10 minutes later. Like it's, he is a, a veteran presence, decent swing tackle. And I think he's kind of the, um, he is the version of Gerard De Beer that they wanted to like become like be a half decent tackle who is a giant human being. Okay. Like right, he's, he's, beer. I, I would compare him to like a Don Barclay, like good you. in a pinch, but, but God help you if he's starting. Okay, fine. <laughs> <Is it? laughs> but he could be, he could be the Alex light. You know, it looks like Alex light would be <laughs> sure. Uh, funny story. Uh, Peter Bukowski, uh, was at the game and he said that, uh, he was quite literally the largest human being in the locker room, noticeably. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, <laughs> it's hard to outshine the massive humanity that is an NFL football team. It's it hard is. to uh, hard to be on another level from where you already are. Yeah, but he's he's an honest six eight three twenty, yep. and apparently has abs, well, which is they, freaky. If they really do need a good backup at that position, like that might be a good boon if he's any good as the season goes on. Yeah. Because their backups there are pretty pretty rough, so mm-hmm. hopefully he works out. And Alex Light, not so good. Offensive <laughs> line has not had a great year, but yeah, shout much. out to the gutting through the injuries. They definitely have they have been available. Bulaga played well in that game too. Yeah, I'll say he did. And shout out to Elton Jenkins for continuing to what come on. So, what a find! It reminds me of when they drafted Bakhtiari. Different, you know, not as meaningful position, but like they. They found him in a pretty, you know, nondescript draft spot, and I mean, higher again, a higher draft pick than Bakhtiari, but still, like they made yeah. that work really well, yeah. really quickly. Well, also, you got to be to to be fair to Bakhtiari. He played on a terrible team. He yeah. was far and away the best player on a terrible team. Sure, but he was second team all conference, which you know, you think back, like how how does one of the best left tackles, if not at right. times the best in the NFL, second team, second in the team, Pac-12. nice work. I mean, the Pac-12 isn't the worst. I don't know, because he's he was playing against Air Force or whatever. No, that might be. That might be true. <laughs> yep. So one of the really surprising stats of this year is that, the, um, according to Football Outsiders, the Packers don't have the worst special teams or even close to it. They are like 16th or 17th. Really? Yes. And if you dig down into the reasons why, it is entirely Mason Crosby, who is having his actual best season as a kicker. It's just remarkable. Yes. So the- the, I can't remember the exact stat, but Zach Cruz posted it on Twitter. He said, since the Detroit game... He, the like, Detroit n- game. <laughs> he's like 92 of 96, which is insane. Wait, which Detroit game? The one where he missed four field goals, right? Oh, the four, okay. I forgot about yeah. that game. So since then, he's four been like 92. Four field goals and minutes. an extra point. Yep. Imagine a worse what a game. terrible game. Like, that is a mm-hmm. game that gets you cut single-handedly. It is. <laughs> That's a game that gets you cut halfway through in your punter. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So... Crosby's only missed one kick on the year. Um, he's gotten a little bit lucky because he's gotten a couple of extra shots due to penalties. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, And he's also not kicked a ton of 50-yarders, which is good because you should go for it in that zone most of the time. 
The 150 yarder he has hit is a 54, so nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has been absolute money, and um, even at his advanced age, he's been fantastic. It's kind of crazy. I would not, I'm not actually a big Mason fan and haven't been, but uh, good on him this year. He's definitely saved him. I have advocated in the past, probably naively, that it's just sometimes good to stick stick with the with the one that brung you when it comes yeah. to place kicking That's because it is so you erratic. Could, you could do worse than Mason. Right, and exactly. A lot of teams Always. have. And and then I don't think you would expect that at age 38 or whatever he is that he would have a career year, but <laughs> you're more likely to get that than you are in like doing what the Bears do, try to find a new kicker every year, and it winds up burning you time and time again. You know, just it's it's such an erratic position. I, you're almost you're it's almost like flipping a coin trying to find somebody who's actually good at this so i'm I'm all in favor of them keeping him until he wants to walk away mason crosby is 35 did i say th- i said 38 yep yeah so i, I always I mean, he's I got always gray hair he's, he's looked old forever mm-hmm. yep i i always remember that mason is way younger than people think he is and it's because yeah. he went gray at 28 yeah better than going bald at 21 okay that's all i gotta say <laughs> uh but uh he <laughs> The, the the story with him and oh, Matt, we lost Matt on I'm, that one. That just tickled. I'm tickled by that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, going bald at 21 is a sidebar. I recommend it. If you're going to go bald, definitely do it when you're young because I can't imagine what it would be like growing because growing old really sucks and then to grow old and lose your hair at the same time no thanks i'm Um, I'm very glad i lost my hair when i did the low maintenance lifestyle i've lived you know in terms of hair care is divine and uh you know i I don't even think about it speaking from the other side of that it's not that bad (laughs) it's all right you get get used to it just gotta go with it yes at some point it'll just all go so it's true at some point, the, die, the fact, so. so the the way it works for men in my family, if you don't lose your hair by the time you're 30, you're gonna end up with a righteous widow's peak. So, nice. like my dad look, my dad looks like Dan Aykroyd in Tommy Boy. <laughs> went, you know, Ray Zelinsky, I make car parts yeah. for the American. <laughs> so, because I still have my hair, that's what I'm gonna look like. Nice, Dan Aykroyd. You could do worse. You could. Do worse. <laughs> uh, um, sidebar to that, I recently discovered a band called Dan and Aykroyd. <laughs> Highly recommend. Jerry Judy. <laughs> the judge. Goodness. Let's get to some questions. Let's do questions. Oh, yeah, let's get to questions. Yeah. We have no thoughts on Washington, right? Other than that they're, they're gonna win. Washington is yep. Washington is literally, even though they won last week, they're the worst team in the league. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Come on. Yep. They're, the they're better, they're worse than Cincinnati. They're worse than Cincinnati. They're worse yeah. than Miami. Yeah. Which which yes. plays Cincinnati, Miami's Sorry. plucky. Miami's yeah. off the grid. <laughs> Miami's okay. plucky. Miami's plucky. They've they've no They're worse than Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. They've, okay. They can run the football. That's all I'm saying. I mean they of. try to. A little bit. So <laughs> sort of. Uh Packers are thirteen point favorites yeah. against Washington. And fifty-seven percent of the money is still going on the Packers well, I, to cover. I like the Packers to cover that. They're going to destroy Washington. I, I, to me, anytime a spread goes beyond uh, ten points, things start to get conky, and I get nervous. So I, I would take Washington to cover, just because I don't like two two touchdown spreads. Y'all, when we started this year, we were not sure the Packers would have a winning season. They got nine wins, and they're probably like going to have ten. Yep. That's pr- that's pretty crazy. Sure. Ten win season, ten before the year. Um, that's Ross I- Ross Uglum. I can never say his last name correctly. Uh, he twenty four seven sports. Uh, he does the podcast with Gilbert Brown. He said that he thinks that by the time the Packers get to the Minnesota game, uh, it will not matter their playoff placement 
uh, win or lose. And so it might end up being a sit the starters game. That's possible. Minnesota, though, that's not the last game of the season. No, no, it's not. So um, he's saying, not. is he saying the Detroit game Detroit's or is he the saying this, the, the penultimate yeah. game? Could be, yeah. I think it, I think they actually could have it locked up by the by the second last game of the season. Possible, not likely. I mean, they'll have a playoff spot locked up, but uh, you sure, know, they'll still be the first round by to consider. I mean, they, they're San Francisco, New Orleans. One of them's taking a loss, so the Packers will be. Oh, that's you know, true. that's a good point, actually. So they have forth. to be still jockeying then. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any. Now I I can't do all the math in my head. By the way, <laughs> I wrote about about the tiebreakers today, and it is it is dizzying. It is, really and inevitably. Well, so I'm going to get something wrong. It's small usually, but it's still something I get wrong. But if you're so the the way it works this year, if you're the 5 seed, you have to go and play against the NFC East. What? Basically? Isn't it oh, like the yeah. winner the winner of the NFC East is going to play the 5 seed? I mean, that's not a guarantee, but it's pretty but, much I mean, it's, that direction. it is a guarantee. Yeah. So, so would it be better to be the 3 seed or the 5 seed? Hold on. I'm sorry. It is actually a guarantee because the Packers do not have to worry about either the East teams, and because they have the tiebreaker with Dallas, yep. and and Saints. the other three divisions, yep. or the other two divisions, have a ten-win team. So mm-hmm. it literally is guaranteed the NFC East will be the four seed. Yes. Yeah. So yes. the five gets to go to Dallas or Philadelphia and win, and mm-hmm. then immediately or, advance. I don't, um, isn't it the case that none of the East teams are eliminated yet? Yes, so the the Eagles are both in contention for a top ten pick and the division. <laughs> what a world! <laughs> I think Washington can still win it if they win out. Yeah, it's which uh, they won't, but they could. So uh, well, sure, no, they're only um, three, they've got two wins, three yeah. wins, two wins. So yeah, there's four games left. They yeah. could tie. I mean, so, I think they'd have to split with Dallas. I don't know how the tiebreakers work, but anyway, go Mattel. And actually, the Giants I think were were in contention until they until lost to the week. Packers. Okay. Good times. That division's a train wreck and shouldn't be allowed to play playoffs. Sure. <laughs> All right, questions. Um, Finally, do these questions. Yeah, and I, I like the first one. So from from Jeremy Nuckman, um, they mentioned the disparity of uh, pass interference penalties for Green Bay on the broadcast quite a bit. Is it possible that the Packers have keyed onto something with the way they are just Devonte sell the PI? Could it be similar to the early days of pitch framing as a skill? Uh, shout out to Easy Nark. No. Tough, tough hang on Twitter sometimes, but he had a the, good friend of mine. So, yes, uh, who is a tough hang on Twitter. He is Sorry. a easy he is you know noted you Twitter contrarian, but uh, I did enjoy very much his line about Devonte Adams being good at PI framing, a, uh, a riff on pitch framing. <laughs> yep, because he's right. No one throws their hands up at the right moment better than Devonte Adams when he realizes I ain't catching that ball. Yep, that is mm-hmm. absolutely true. So, um, football outsiders started tracking this um, quite a while ago now um, about at least 10 years ago, and it is a receiver skill. They started crediting receivers with it um, and quarterbacks with it on completions, um, and it did repeat from year to year. So it is like pitch framing, and some guys are better than it. Okay, so can you please explain pitch framing to those of us who don't follow baseball? Uh, I know what pitch framing means, but we might have listeners who are like me. Five-second version of pitch framing, um, (laughs) which I think we've actually explained here before is um, there are catchers who are better at getting strikes on the edge of the strike zone than uh, than other catchers. Um, they at, fool the umpire into thinking a ball is a strike. That's right. Um, when, when the stat first became big, Jonathan Lucroy of the Brewers was one of the best at it. Um, Two years later, he was one of the worst. He was one of the worst. Um, but um, we they were able to track this skill enough to prove that A, it was a skill, B, it was very valuable um, when it was first discovered um, up to a Actually, I think like a ten-win swing. It's con- it's what? become okay. The, uh, the worst guys. It's like 
Isn't so, that like eight percent of the the season? Luke Luke Roy was worth about five wins his first year uh, that they tracked it, and I, the worst catcher that year was Ryan Dummett, and he was worth about five win, negative five, five wins. Yeah, five losses. Wow. So like it's a huge valuable swing. Now, now teams look for it, and so there are no bad framers anymore. There's just good and yeah, not it's as good. weeding itself out of relevance because everybody's good at it. Yeah. But yes, Manny Grandal <coughs> is among the best. He is, um, which is sad to see him go because that's, that's terrible that he's gone. Um, Anyway, this is also a valuable skill of, of selling pass interference. It's annoying. I mean, you could also sell it to like James Harden in the NBA of just drawing fouls all the time for no reason. Um, <laughs> but it's it's worth a ton. And Devontae's got a ton of PI calls um, that are, you know, those yards are as good as any other yards. In some ways, they're better since they come with an automatic first down. So um, it, it absolutely is a skill. And um, there is some tracking of it that goes on. I actually don't think Devonte is as orchestra. He's not. He's not as good at, at it as I think. Maybe he thinks he is. Like acting wise, I feel like I can always tell. Oh, Devonte's trying to get the pass interference call, and then he does. A little bit like Sam Cassell trying to just jump in the air into guys after a bogus yeah, foul call. Yeah, and then he gets the. But he gets the foul. Yeah. So it works. It works on the officials. It honestly looked. There were twice, two occasions in this game where he got a flag, and I, I both times was like Devonte wasn't going to get that ball, and he knew it, and he suddenly reacted like he had been grabbed or something so there was one time that Devonte sold it where i don't think he had to um aaron slightly overthrew i think it was like a wheel route and the corner was impeding his his route and Devonte easily could have fought through it but instead of fighting through it he threw his hands up and got the flag well done like mm-hmm. like he it, it technically was pi but he sold it a little bit more than he had to the flag probably would have come without it Excuse me. But yeah, so uh, right. Devontae, good at, at PI framing. Thank you, Easy Narc. Well, he wasn't the one who, yes, that was his uh, that was his coinage. His coinage, which I was a fan of. All right. What should we do next? Um I think uh we already talked kind of about talked, Jonathan Deal. Yeah, we have. Sorry. So sorry. he said that sorry, Packers Jonathan. were yeah. Yeah, the, the Packers uh had five scores on nine drives. Um one of the non scores was a kneel down. Um, why does there seem to be so much pessimism? I think we kind of discussed all that already. Yep. I think Jerry Eldridge, too. We already talked about if Kevin King is good or not. <laughs> like, ten times. Um, he's fine. <laughs> That's the answer. He's fine. He gets bad tape once in a while. He's a decent how about, corner, let's too. Do, let's do Nate Cousington's. Um, so, um, how much does the offense miss um, Equinemia St. Brown? What we, it's very speculative because he hasn't actually performed on the field yet in any large way not i think but he did the the almighty getting rogers trust thing by the end of the year did he is that okay i I mean he was so rogers was throwing him timing routes like like he was getting targeted and out routes which i think is a big i think it's big that he was gone because they just need bodies and he's there's a chance he's good but well he wasn't really better than mvs last year was he like, By the no, end of the year, I think he was. Well, what okay. is he, you guys watched him more last year than I did? What is his specialty? What does he bring to the table? He's a better route runner than MBS. Sure. So, deep, but is he getting deep ball then? He's not a he's not a burner. He's an okay. overall athlete. I, I think he's um, actually pretty similar to Lazard in his athletic yeah. skills. Yeah, that's um, fair. And he's he's definitely a little more polished, but he still wasn't being terribly productive on the field. So. No, he he wasn't terribly. Pro- he was he was good on tape on the highlights. Like his the catches he did make were good, sure. and they were at important times. He had a couple decent around the sideline. Yeah, 
So um, I think they, they miss him a bit, um, especially for depth, and maybe he would have turned into something, and maybe he still will. But, but then I guess the well, the other question, though, is if he was healthy, do we see the Lazard show? That's actually a good point. We might mm. not. That's bad. So, um, hmm. <laughs> JR, I know Paul knows about this. Do you know about ESB's bloodline? I do, actually, uh, because I wrote about it. I wrote about one random fact about, uh, usually every time they have a draft class, one random fact about every draft guy. And he was one of the most interesting dudes. Now, I'm trying to remember the exact, both his parents are into some very athletic stuff, and I'm trying to remember exactly. Body, so Bodybuilding. His, his, da- his father, actually, so I, I know quite a bit about his father being into strength sports. He's like a Mr. Olympia or whatever. The- yeah, so prior to Mr. Olympia existing, he won Mr. Universe, which was the Mr. Olympia of its time. Um, left the bodybuilding world because in the 70s, there was a lot of prejudice against people of color bodybuilders. They they were judged more harshly than white bodybuilders. And so he wasn't getting he wasn't getting magazine covers. He wasn't getting judged fairly. So he left the sport. And uh, he was a freak beast back in the day. He, and he had a jerry curl, which is hilarious. His brother is uh, uh, also a very good wide receiver. Mm-hmm. His mom is a was a world-class sprinter. Who only and spoke also, German to her children, if I recall. Yes. Uh, so all of the brown kids speak German. English, German, and Italian, yes. I think. Yeah. It's at least... It, I thought it was only three languages, but still. So four. The, Fantastic. Yeah. That's incredible stuff. He's got to so, be yeah. one of the more incredible dudes on this team. Him and... Uh, uh, Oren Burks, actually, <laughs> Oren Burks, who's in witness protection, maybe, and we have not seen him, but uh, but he's uh, Oren Burks had a phenomenal special teams tackle he did. this week. He did. He had one. It was great. Let's see more of that. Yeah, please. So, more. hey, what is it that I always said about Jeff Janis? Uh, big, strong, and fast will mm-hmm. always translate to special teams, and those are things that Oren Burks is good at. That is true. Um, let's see. Let's do one more. We have covered a lot of the questions already in the natural flow of things, though. Um, I think we care about home playoff games no matter what. So let's see. I guess we can do that one. Let's do Toddy Malone. Unless the Packers somehow grab a bye for the playoffs, should they even care about home playoff games? I suppose the travel part matters, but does that offset potentially playing in bitter cold? Um, You always want home playoff games, and... Since they're more well-rounded now, I think we talked about this already, but they're they're equipped to win in cold, and it's like it's fine. I mean, they were so good at Lambeau for so long. You don't want to go to anybody else's park. Like, there, there's not going to be some some loser team that the Packers are going to fill up the park for that they're going to face in the playoffs. So you also have to consider. I mean, except the Cowboys. <laughs> They'll show up for a playoff game. They won't let that yeah, happen. Yeah, I mean, you also have to consider where you could end up going. Yeah. If you don't win the division but get in as a wild card, you're going to wind up going either you go to, Seattle to Minnesota, again. to Seattle, to San Francisco. I mean, all those places are just not no. ideal. I mean, yes, Dallas yep. or Philadelphia, you could say. Fine. But you want to go out west again. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't want to go to Dallas again no. after they beat them there once. And they've had success there, of course, but... You know, I don't know. What's, yeah, but isn't Aaron Rodgers' career passer rating in Jerry World is like like one ten or some crazy number? Yeah. It's good. I'm sure it's good everywhere. But like that, you don't. You also don't want to play that team. That's the other thing. Like Dallas, playing in Dallas is not that intimidating. But Dallas is like a. They're like the Chargers. They're a team of talented players who are stupid. Like 
They can jump up and beat anybody. Yeah, I bet you any. I mean, just because this always happens, in, it seems like, in the NFL playoffs. You remember the beast quake, Marshawn Lynch, when Seattle had a losing record and got into Seven the and nine. Yep. And then they beat the Saints at in Seattle. I mean, this is just the type of thing that happens in the playoffs all the time. Yeah. Some want, team is going to go to Dallas. Defending Super Bowl champion Saints. Mm-hmm. Yes, some team is going to go to Dallas. It's going to be Seattle. It, let's just bring it full circle, yeah. and they're going to lose in the in the first round of the it playoffs. It is very oh likely God. that they lose. Could that you game imagine too. Seattle losing in Dallas? Oh, that would be beautiful. Ah, uh, yes, Pete Carroll, Jerry Jones, uh, a who's who of lovable faces in the NFL. <laughs> so good. So you want to be at home. You want that buy. Um, but even if you don't get the buy, you want to play in your place, not travel. Be comfortable, and if it's cold. Sometimes it doesn't work in the Packers' favor, but sometimes it does. Well, they could go to Philadelphia and freeze their butts off anyway. That's the other thing um, that is also possible. And, you know, it, you bring in a team like um, 49ers, probably not a bad cold-weather team, but a lot of other teams, like you want, you know, cousins in the cold, not that good. Uh, that's that's great. Or against teams with winning records. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw a stat today that said that Kirk Cousins' passer rating when trailing is like 33. Oh, yep. no It is. Way. It's like 33. It's really bad. <laughs> oh, why haven't we talked about his fourth quarter He's a comebacks. weird quarterback. He, he is one of the weirdest quarterbacks. Like, he's having a really good season. He's like, uh, efficiency-wise, like the third best quarterback in football. Um, that offense just is really good. But he, there are some weird cousin stats where he just goes to in the tank if things go wrong. Just if things start to go wrong for that guy, he turtles immediately. <laughs> I it's, think we've we've reached the end here. I, I think. think we have too. Um, mm-hmm. So Washington next week, not that exciting a game, honestly, since they they're just terrible. Um, but then we get the good the the good finish here. So um, we'll hopefully it, this will be uneventful. We'll have a good good um view towards their playoff hopes after that and yeah. it should one of the things in my playoff takeaways or uh tiebreaker takeaways that i wrote today at jsonline.com did mention that they don't have to beat the vikings to win the division nope. they can beat just the bears at lambeau field just the lions at the final game of the david season blue in ford field and they've got it they've got it they've won the division yep. so uh thanks to seattle for beating minnesota on monday night football yep, nicely done that uh has set this up nicely the packers control their own destiny of course for the division and various other things i know that's a popular phrase control your own destiny so i felt like fitting that in as well as andy Schaff. it's not destiny anymore then so it's that's true ridiculous um <laughs> control their own what's the what do we what do we say instead their own plight i don't even know there needs to be a better plate is a bad thing isn't it if you've listened this long in the podcast and have a suggestion for how to alter the phrase control your own destiny to make it make sense drop that in a comment to matt not yes. driving the car they are not at me the at call me matub yeah. and say control your own blank all right but i think that'll do it enjoy the game Tell the people how I feel a second Now I'm the model of a modern major general The venerated Virginian veteran Whose men are all lining up To put me up on a pedestal Writing letters to relatives Embellishing my elegance and eloquence But the elephant is in the room The truth is in your face When you hear the British cannons go Boom!